This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. We want you to help us shape the future of AMI. As someone who is living with vision loss, I love meeting new people from the community and exchanging ideas with them. The AMI Research Panel. Visit ami.ca slash research panel for more info. Hi, I'm Fern Nullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance. I don't want to disappoint other people or have them feel rejected, but that's certainly some projection because I don't want to be rejected. Oh, you're going to stop talking to me forever? That's the lowest form of respect you could show me. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle, but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to. Oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing to somebody and it's horrible. Getting progress in your love life isn't necessarily about dissecting all the time. Ah, that's where I've been going wrong. (laughs) Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So without further ado, let's get into you. Are you ready to jump in and go for it? Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, brilliant. Hey, you're back for another tasty chunk of psychological dating dynamics here on Into You. Excellent choice. Although, you might need to grab your comfort blanket for this one, because today we're going on a ghost hunt. If you're not already familiar with the term, ghosting refers to somebody who you've been getting along rather well with, suddenly and without warning, disappearing from your life and refusing to take calls, reply to messages, or interact with you in any way. Later, we'll be talking to self-confessed serial ghoster Colin Drucker to discover why he feels the need to perform a vanishing act when it comes to dating. What you don't see from somebody who's ghosting is all of the pain and all of the fear and all of the challenges that they're dealing with internally that are really the cause of this. And find out what dating expert Renee Slansky has to say about the psychology behind being ghosted. It really affects you psychologically. It affects you the same way that pain is inflicted upon you. But first, Stephanie DeLacy, otherwise known as Lady Tallhair to her many followers, is a top-rated dating and mental health writer living in New York. Stephanie has not only experienced being ghosted several times, but also confronted one guy who ghosted her and demanded to know why he'd done it. Although ghosting is often said to be sudden, stark and shocking, I started by asking Stephanie whether there are ever any telltale signs to look out for. Whether it's like after the first date or after the 12th date, there is this kind of sense in the following days that it's kind of over. The attention's not there. There's not an urgency to see me again. Being complimentary, all of that kind of fades away and you're just left like, how was your day? Good. You? Uh, I'm busy. These really bland conversations where before you were talking about dreams of living in Italy and writing a book and childhood trauma and like things that really get you really close and you feel very connected with someone and they're very intimate conversations. And now it's like, you can't even tell me what you did today. It was just a good day. Mm. Then I can kind of look back and pick it apart. And maybe I'm a little too brutal on the relationship or myself. I suppose the thing about ghosting is it leaves you without answers. And so you kind of have to make answers for yourself. Yeah. So you kind of look at these, well, on 
January 7th, he said, okay, with an A and a Y at the end, but then January 8th, it switched to just letters, you know, and you're just like really scrapping for any like rhyme or reason. Can you tell me about one particular experience where you've been ghosted? What's kind of led up to it? I can use the example of what happened last week. Please do. So I met a gentleman on Bumble. We had been texting when he was super responsive, like really driving the conversation. It was super sweet. And we went out, we had a great date. We had a lot in common. It was great, great conversation. And then he asked if I wanted to grab dinner back at his place. I said, yes. I felt like, oh, he really likes me. He kind of started talking about like future plans. He's like, oh yeah, we could do like a day trip skiing. We could do this. And so we like made out a little bit, but I kind of made it clear I didn't want to sleep with him. This guy's very high quality. I can't mess this up. He's smart. He's successful. He's funny. He's kind. He was British. Like, I'm just like, oh, oh my well, God. I mean, I don't blame you in that case. <laughs> and he was super sweet about it. I'm like, maybe I should go. He's like, no, I don't want you to go. We don't have to do anything. He never made me feel uncomfortable. And we just made out for hours. And I'm like, I don't remember doing this since I was like 13. <laughs> so before I left, he's like, I want to see you again. Is tomorrow too soon? I said, no, that would, that would be great. And he didn't want me to leave, but I eventually went home. It was a great, great night. I was just so smitten. I heard from him in the morning. And when I checked in, I'm like, what do you want to do about tonight? I didn't hear from him. And then a couple of days later, I'm like, hey, I just want to check in. We had plans Sunday. I had a great time. I'm still interested in seeing you. Like, are you still interested in seeing me again? And he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. My grandmother actually just died on Sunday night. I'm like, oh my God. But we talk about it for a while and he's doing okay. And we talk about his family on like two days of that. And then I just stopped hearing from him. Then I noticed he blocked me on Bumble. I'm like, this is... Crazy. I don't know how we got here. <laughs> like from needing to see me in 24 hours, can't stop kissing me to blocking me on Bumble. I can't figure out what I did or didn't do or what happened on his end. And I've been super sad the last couple of days because I'm like, it just makes it so much harder to keep going out there when you know there's a good chance that that's going to be the outcome. It seemed like everything was going amazingly. There seemed to be no signs. The date was so perfect. I've never had a date like that. And I've never felt like so confident that someone liked me. I like that. I'm looking for someone who is confident enough to say like, I like you. I want to see you again. Right. I'm done with games. I don't know if his grandma really died. <laughs> to be honest. Well, this is the thing I was going to say to you. It's interesting that we live now in this world where when somebody says something like that to us, there's a split down the middle. Either this is terrible or it's just a complete <laughs> lie. <laughs> I don't want to be that kind of person that is hesitant to believe people. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's something I, I do now. Do you find that since it's happened a few times now, do you think you don't try and analyze it as much as you might have when it first started happening to you? I do it a lot less now because sometimes you get that information about why he ghosted you after. Months or years later, you'll hear something and you kind of put the pieces together. Like I found out a couple of guys that like actually had girlfriends or sometimes I've asked guys long after the fact. And I've realized... It really never has anything to do with me. So I couldn't have done anything differently. How long after you last hear from a guy do you kind of give up all hope? Because I've heard people, anything from like the next day, they just say, well, it's over then, to months later, they're still hopelessly just trying to get some kind of engagement back. How long is it for you? Before I would probably wait a lot longer and 
probably keep trying a lot more. And I think also in the past, I really felt like it determined my worth and my future. I would often say, I'm going to end up alone. No one is going to love me. That is my go-to negative self-talk when I'm rejected. But in the past, I would really equate being ghosted with being single forever, being unlovable. I would rather be heartbroken than disappointed or confused. I would rather somebody just say, I don't see this going anywhere and like be really sad about it for a couple of days than wonder what happened with this British guy for the next 10 years. I'm always going to wonder how it went from perfect date to blocking me on Bumble within five days. What is going through your mind when you realize that somebody has just decided to disappear and not even tell you why? God, I think for me, like the first thing I do is I play back every interaction we've had. What is it about me? Am I not smart enough? Am I not thin enough, successful enough? I assume I'm not enough for him or I'm too much. Was I too loud? Did I swear too much? Did I drink too much? Was I too much fun? Did I sleep with him too quickly? And I just really start to doubt all the decisions I made and then my identity. Confusion leads me to doubt. And it's hard to love yourself when you're doubting yourself. Because you don't know the answer. You come up with so many possible answers and it's all attacking you. I think I also start to feel foolish. I feel very naive that I let myself open up to that person, that I let myself get excited about a person. I feel so rejected and empty. And then I feel like, why did I even let myself get to this place? When I'm ghosted, it really makes me feel like I need to harden myself. That's what really bums me out. Because like I can get through the negative self-talk. It probably wasn't that I ate half of the nachos. (laughs) It wasn't that I'm too fat. You know, there's plenty of men who are attracted to me. The feeling like naive and ashamed of that naivete is really hard. You did reach out to somebody who ghosted you. Tell me about that experience. What was that like? I think it was a year and a half after we last saw each other that I reached out. I can't believe he responded. By then he had already had a girlfriend for a year. Our relationship was way back in the back of his mind. What do you say? How do you word that? (laughs) I think I said, hey, there's something I've always wanted to ask you. I felt like we were in a really good place. I thought we would see each other again. I really liked you. I'm just so curious why you never reached out again. And what was his response to that? I think he said, I never met a woman like you. If we continued our relationship, it was going to get serious and he'd have to be vulnerable. Glaring irony there. (laughs) You're sitting there going, I'm not good enough. This guy hates me. I'm the worst. I'm never going to find a boyfriend. And he's sitting there going, she's too good. There's no, I just can't even be around this woman. <laughs> well, I, I don't think he said I'm too good. <laughs> I think he said he had never met anyone like me, which could mean a lot of things. <laughs> Did it help you to get closure reaching out to him like that and getting that explanation? Yeah, but not because of that answer. I never reached out to him. I wanted to remain easy breezy. I wanted to be the cool girl. <sighs> and in hopes that like my lack of interest would attract him. And I think a lot of times when we think of being vulnerable or telling someone they hurt your feelings, it comes off as very soft and we look weak. 
But I found in that situation, it was very empowering because my heartbreak had healed, but I also let him know, hey, what you did was not okay. And here's why. And he did learn a lot from our conversation. You know, on the one hand, he's saying, I don't know if I could get into a relationship with you because that was scary to me. (laughs) And yet on the other hand, he's gone and formed a relationship with somebody else. How did that feel? Yeah, that was the worst part of the whole interaction. Up until that point, I was like, oh, this is great. Why didn't I do this sooner? And I'm like, this is why. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Why couldn't you be vulnerable with me? You could be vulnerable with her. Is that because there's something wrong with me? And then I go back into Oh, back to square one space you could have just been vulnerable with me (laughs) i would have made it work it's such a flawed logic and yet it is so easy to fall into that trap isn't it from a to b it is so clear to me i'm like there is no other correlation there is no other reason and there is no other outcome i will die alone and it is because this man does not love me but like in actuality the two have nothing to do with each other absolutely not i think it's human nature it's it's something we do we all do and we just don't talk about it right we're not all going around saying like have you felt unlovable today (laughs) maybe that should replace how are you i would love that that would be fantastic i would feel so much less lonely (laughs) yes yes i have how about you (laughs) i'm feeling very unlovable uh Do you have a few minutes to talk about why? Yeah, (laughs) that would be great. What would you say to somebody who does ghost? I kind of empathize with anyone who does it. They're not doing it because they're like, this is going to hurt her extra bad. But overall, I think it's just a very immature way to approach relationships. It's time for everyone to grow up and (laughs) stop with the avoiding difficult conversations. Genuinely, Stephanie, I hope it doesn't happen to you again because you've been (laughs) through enough, you know, and I'm really sure that the next one is going to be the one. I'm hopeful for you there. Um, (laughs) But is there anything that you would do differently if it were to happen to you again? I would say something. I would be less concerned with coming off as a confident, casual woman of the world who's too busy for you too. I would be more inclined to reach out and just say, hey, just checking in. Are you still interested in this thing? And I have to ask, how did it feel when you saw that that guy had blocked you on Bumble? Was it like a stomach sinking? Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, well, kind of one of those. You're just like, ugh. Ugh. That noise just sums it up, I think. Are you serious, right? Like, it feels overwhelming and unbearable in that moment. But I'm back on. I'm back swiping as of last night. She's back, boys. (laughs) Has being ghosted taught you anything new about yourself? You've discovered that you can be quite self-critical, surely. (laughs) Yeah, but I think I always knew that. (laughs) Yeah, I've known that since I was about nine. That I don't have to pretend. I don't have to put on like a character to make someone fall in love with me. I don't have to be aloof and all these things that I'm just not. And just finally, Stephanie, you wrote this and it really struck me. So I wanted to read it. Walking alone is so much less lonely than clinging to someone who isn't interested in me. Have you stuck to that, do you think? Are you practicing what you preach in that? I would say... I don't pine after men who are just kind of stringing me along or the idea of a man who's just not into me because I just don't stick around if it's not mutual. 
Stephanie had given me a glimpse into the insidious kind of grief which ghosting could cause, a loss of not only a potential partner, but also of your self-esteem and ability to trust others. But here on Into You with me, Fern Lullum, the podcast you're listening to right now, I'm never satisfied with only one take on the topic. So, as is the protocol of most scientific studies in 2021, I put out a post on social media asking what the best response to being ghosted might be. And here are a selection of my favourite answers. The sentence reads, If someone ghosts you, just say... Finish the sentence. Danielle, your answer phone is sexy, but I'd rather have a relationship with you. Ooh, sweet and cutting at the same time, Danielle. Love it. Mike, you're a really great listener. You never say a word. Good to focus on the positives, Mike. Jenna, if somebody ghosts you, just say... Thanks for showing me who you really are. Ouch. (laughs) And Billy, if somebody ghosts you, just say, I know they say silence is golden, but you can have too much of a good thing. Yep, love's all about balance, Billy. I could see how being ghosted could leave you feeling cold, caught up in echoes from the past, chained by regret and frozen in time, unable to move forward. Like so many victims of ghosting, one question burned in my mind. Why? Why would somebody disappear with no explanation? In order to get an insight into this, I decided to speak to a friendly ghost to get his side of the story. No, not Casper. Colin. Colin Drucker is an actor, influencer, and most importantly, self-confessed serial ghoster. I was ready to get some answers and keen to find out whether I would be able to see right through this ghost's charismatic first date exterior. Colin, now I saw online that you describe yourself as having first date behaviour. You say you're nice, friendly, open, interested, agreeable. Is that the Colin that we can expect today? (laughs) That's a great question. I think so. I think there's definitely an overlap between who you're talking to right now and who someone's talking to on a first date. I'm very conscious of everything I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) And Marco, the other half of the dream team. Oh, yes. He's really the star and I'm kind of, you know, just supporting him. Yes, he's my cat who has been my trusty companion for, I guess, about seven years now. And does uh, Marco give you any sort of dating advice? You go to him with your problems, have a little chat? Oh, the first person I check with on all life decisions. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) That's good. It's good to have a second opinion, you know, and cats they know what they're doing don't they right they're not dogs they're not people pleasers they'll tell you the truth (laughs) okay i hear tell from your own fair lips colin that you are a bit of a serial ghoster you and i quote said i ghost like i'm getting paid for it i mean it's a shame it's not an employable skill because you would be earning a lot of money i understand I keep checking my PayPal and I'm just not seeing any updates, but indeed, this is all pro bono freelance work. So far. How many times, you may have lost count, but how many times do you think, ballpark figure, have you ghosted people in the past? 
Gosh, if we just think of dating, let's say at least a dozen times in recent history. How recent is recent history? 2020 was a little bit slower. So I think we can count past three, three, four years, maybe. So this is your kind of go-to mode for get out of a relationship. Would you say that? If it was like a really serious relationship, it might not be my go-to. But if it's kind of an early connection that's fizzling out, I'm more likely to just allow the ghosting to happen. What generally leads up to the moment of ghosting? Tell me like from the beginning. It could be something thing more casual, like, you know, to be honest, someone I meet on Grindr or something like that, that's probably more likely where it's going to happen. In those situations, you don't know much about the person before you really meet them. And then it typically, uh, just for maybe a few hours or an mm-hmm. evening, that's when you find out, oh, it really isn't a match. Mm. And I think what happens is instead of making the choice of just saying that, it's almost, oh, I'm afraid to do that. And so I'm going to justify just kind of not responding because, oh, we only spent a few hours together anyway. Just easier to do that than to have the awkward conversation of sort of saying, I don't really want to see you again. Also, what really drives me is like, oh, I don't want to be confronted with disappointing someone or letting them down or making them feel rejected. And it's a bit hypocritical, of course, because I'm disregarding whatever potential rejection they'd feel by me ghosting them. And how do people generally respond to this behavior when you just stop texting them? What do they generally do? Well, I think maybe because it's so common, it's almost like people have started to pick up on like, oh, I think I'm being ghosted. And maybe they text you once again or twice again, and then you don't hear from them to put it kind of abruptly, like, oh, I guess they got the hint. And then in some cases, somebody kind of just keeps reaching out every few days or every week, or sometimes someone shows up again in your text messages, you know, a few months later. It's rarely someone begging for an answer, but more of just kind of like tossing the line out again. It's like, hey, how's it going? Hey, what are you up to? But usually that only happens once or twice and then it all stops. Have you ever considered replying to any of those, trying to get back in contact, trying to reignite an old spark? Maybe not necessarily kind of reigniting with them, but maybe just finally taking that adult step and saying, hey, I don't think it's a match. I can't say I'm proud of this, but sometimes I feel like, oh, I feel so bad. Let me at least respond and make some conversation, but not make a commitment to see each other again, which I think is probably worse, but it absolves some kind of anxiety about like, oh, they're not getting a response. How are you at the beginning? Are you coming on strong or do you keep it very clear that this is a casual thing and we'll see where it goes? I don't go into any dating situation with any sort of demonstration of I'm looking for a relationship. It's definitely more of these casual connections and that's kind of the understanding between the both of us from the beginning. And I even put it in my profile that, hey, if it turns into something more awesome, but I'm not necessarily looking for that. In my mind, if you're only sort of looking for a casual thing, you're going to be less likely to be really hurt by ghosting as you would if you were thinking you might be getting into something more serious with somebody and then it happens. Boy, did you sum it up there. That's how I felt about it. And maybe why I've justified it in my mind is that we're not putting down credit here. We're paying in cash, so to speak. Like all of this is very transparent. Transactional. If this was a situation where we met and we went on a few dates and we connected and there was the presumption that this was the start of a relationship, I mean, there I think ghosting would be profoundly cruel. I want to make sure that's clear. I loved this description that you had of ghosting. When I heard it, I thought, that is it. That is what it is. It's kind of like drowning someone and you're just waiting for them to stop struggling. It really yeah. is, isn't it? It's just you're waiting for them to just give up and not exist in your life anymore or in your world, especially with that 
Kate's very dark description of ghosting? Do you ever feel, oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing to somebody and it's horrible? I think that that description is an indication of the guilt that I felt. There's one in particular. We got together a few times. It was all sort of a bit casual. And I think I saw him planning our wedding already. Like he was moving incredibly fast and I was like freaking out. And instead of kind of addressing that, I just kind of ghosted. And he was someone who very persistently kept following up. And then at one point had sent me a message saying like, I don't know what I did. Not to be dramatic, but that still haunts me. I feel so awful that I left someone feeling that way because that wasn't my intention. You don't ever want to hurt someone. You just kind of hope that they're going to agree that this wasn't working. So yes, I definitely have felt guilty about this. Ghosts can get haunted too, clearly. (laughs) Exactly, right? (laughs) Did you give him an answer or did you just continue to not talk to him? I didn't give him an answer. And that's part of what kind of haunts me because I feel like there is a part of me that could have very easily at that point just said, hey, sorry, I haven't been in touch. And I considered it and thought about it. And I don't know why I didn't do it. I feel like if someone presented me with the opportunity right now, I would do it. That would feel better to me than leaving him still ghosted. Can you remember what was going through your mind at the time? I think it was just avoidance. At that point, it had less to do with anything he did or who he was or anything. It was more of just me not wanting to confront my own uncomfortable feelings. And I've seen this in other parts of my life too. So it's definitely consistent. It's like this very deep fear of disappointing other people. And it almost seems egotistical. Like, who do I think I am that this guy's life is going to be ruined because I don't want to see him again? Well... You know, he's going to miss out on Marco too, to be fair. Well, I I think that that's really what this has been at all the time. I think they just miss Marco. (laughs) It could be. That could be a factor. Um, Have you ever had a more serious ghosting experience where maybe you have got a little bit more involved? I don't think I've experienced it to that level where, say, I went on a couple dates with someone and then they just disappeared. And I think that's probably a pretty significant part of my perspective on this. That level of ghosting, I fortunately have not had to experience. So what goes around doesn't always come around. I mean, unless one day, you know, Marco just packs his bags and gives me no explanation, you know, that would be the worst. He doesn't strike me as the kind of cat that would do that. He knows who's providing the fancy fees, so. (laughs) Yes, yeah, well, that's always something to think about. From my point of view and like my experience, I guess, on a quote unquote other side, when somebody ghosts you at that point, of course, you're going to go to like, what did I do? What did I say? At what point did they decide to reject me? And I feel like at that point, it is even more so about the other person and whatever they're dealing with as to why they're ghosting you. It's so easy to think it's something we did because we've presented so much of ourselves, but I think it's such a cruel choice at that point that it says so much more about the ghost. I also love that ghosting pun, the idea that you're the ghost and you're on the other side. Didn't even mean to do that, did you? And another quote that stood out to me that you said was, I vanish before they can vanish. Is there a part of you that thinks, oh God, what if they go and you're kind of getting in the punch before they can? I think there's always a level of self-preservation. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to disappoint other people or have them feel rejected, but that's certainly some projection because I don't want to be rejected. I think there's always that need to preserve my raw nerves. Do you think ghosting is ever justifiable? I do. I think it's justifiable when people talk about dealing with narcissists and sociopaths. The first course of action is no contact. Beyond that, I think it's one of those things that is 
unfortunately incredibly easy to do. It's kind of like knowing that you should eat something healthier, but having fast food instead. Well, it's easy and it's there, but like, is it good for you? The temptation is too much. I get that with fast food. You know how to appeal to what somebody <laughs> relates to, for sure. Maybe this is why people are getting hooked in. <laughs> so are you likely to just continue to ghost? It's something that I would like to do less of. It's something that I think the less I ghost and the more I have the adult conversation, the more I reinforce identifying with that adult capable part of myself and not identifying with the fearful part of myself. It actually benefits me to have those conversations and to be honest with people because it only helps me grow out of what is a really immature habit. It's really interesting because what you're saying is actually it makes you feel bad too. So it seems like nobody really wins in this scenario. I think nobody wins. What you don't see from somebody who's ghosting, not only do you not get their side of the story, but what I think they're covering up even more is all of the pain and all of the fear and all of the challenges that they're dealing with internally that are really the cause of this. I think if you really look at a lot of those really awful ghosting situations that people have these horror stories about, the root of it has so much less to do with the person who was ghosted on than what the ghost is dealing with. Maybe somebody has been ghosted and they're really struggling with it. What advice would you give them? It is a huge lesson. And it seems like such a cliche to say, but like in not taking things personally, because I really strongly believe that when people ghost, even if they say to their friends, oh, it's because he did this or she does that or she acts like this, the ghosting is still less about that stuff and about anything about who you are and what you did. And so much more about how this is that person's coping mechanism. This is how that person deals with being an adult and making responsible decisions about ending things. This is like 95 5% about that. And the other 5% is just because you happen to be the person they ghosted on. Even from the side of somebody who, who does it themselves, you're even saying it's not always about you. Having been on that side of making the decision to ghost, I know that I am not making that decision by evaluating the other person. I'm mostly like, how do I deal with these uncomfortable feelings I have right now? How do I deal with these internal conflicts right now? This will solve that. I'm not thinking about how good looking the other person was or, you know, anything they said right or wrong. Basically, don't overanalyze every single conversation you had and everything that you might have said that might have sounded slightly wrong or text messages you sent because it's probably not that. And even if any of that was part of it, it's still not the whole story. There's still so much of it that you are not seeing that still has so much to do with the other person and not anything that you did. Well, do you know what, Colin, though? You have made the first step because I was worried that I might um, turn up to this interview and you just wouldn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, podcast hosts get ghosted too. And, um, and it hasn't happened today, so I'm thrilled. Two-way communication with Colin seemed so effortlessly easy, and yet there were obviously times when he found it impossible, despite not intending to be mean-spirited. Although I could definitely see it from both sides, I was dying to dig into what ghosting can do to us psychologically, whether we are the ghoster or the ghostee. Next time, I'll be speaking to dating expert Renee Slansky about why ghosting hurts so much. If you're going to keep digging up the grave, trying to find the body, trying to find the answers when they've disappeared, you are going to magnify that anxiety. And her take on how to move on without making matters worse. Healing is about focusing on actions that will eventually get you to the place of feeling what you do want to feel. In the meantime, I want to hear your ghost stories. What lessons have you learned from your own ghosting experiences? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. 
Special thanks to my guests, Stephanie DeLacy and Colin Drucker, whose links will be in the show notes. Also to Joshua Holland and Sam Robinson for technical support and to the manager of AMI, Andy Frank. Leave me your feedback at feedback at ami.ca. If you liked what you heard, make sure to search for Into You on your favourite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first Thursday of every month. You will be there, won't you? Won't you? Hello? This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.